0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Flip This with Steve Londo, the real estate investing podcast that focuses on finding and negotiating with motivated sellers and flipping houses without using banks or private lenders. You must be prepared to ignite. And little trick, trick for you. That song gets me pumped. I wish I had more. I should have played it again. In fact, hold on, I'm going to rewind that and play it again for you. You want to hear it twice, right? No? All right. On with the podcast we go, I guess. Welcome. This is Flip This Podcast. I'm Steve Wando. This is the real estate investing podcast that teaches you how to find and negotiate with motivated sellers to flip houses without using banks or private lenders i said i'm your host steve londo joined by jeremy burgess what's up everybody how you doing it's happening sir merry christmas we're just actually passed when people are listening to this but uh no this is going out today it's going out today are oh, we behind
1: that's my fault folks oh, i got shit. the plague last week for four days so we could not produce this so we apologize that's my fault so
0: oh good all good well Good it's news, a Christmas for you. present. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you. Merry fucking Christmas Woo. from Flip This Podcast. That's right. So let's kick it off with the deals. I only have two deals for you. Two. That's it. Because every other one got sold. This is why you need to be on my list at 313cashdeals.com because you'll get these before you can hear them on the podcast. The first one is a repeat, and if this one isn't gone um, by this time next week, uh, I'm sure it will because I've got a, I've got it listed and I had two showings over the last couple of days. 6050 North Crown. This is in Westland, 48185. It's a two bedroom, one bath, and a crawl. Um, it's a nice little neighborhood, perfect rental area. This is a landlord special. It does need some work. Go and check it out. Check out the photos. Uh, if you email, Steve at stevibyshousesfast.com, I will send you a link to the updated pictures and video and if you're not on my list again that's 313-deals.com. You can pick this property up today for 35,000. Again it's two bed, one bath on a crawl. This is a good neighborhood, there's good school district. Um myself a proud product of Wayne Westland School District. <laughs> what up zebras? So, the worst fucking mascot ever, isn't it? Zebra's. I'm gonna leave that alone, but there's some (laughs) jokes in that. Oh, you got jokes? I got a few. (laughs) So anyway, it's a good house, good place. Check it out, 35k. That That, that see these always do well.
1: The two bedrooms on a slab. They're like the uh, ugly redhead stepchild that nobody likes, but they just perform. They just make money. It's like printing money. Just print that shit all day. I like money. You like money. I love
0: money, folks. Buy this now. It's don't a good you don't one. need to look at it. No, don't just need kidding. to look at it. Just write me an offer. Send me a check. I'll send you the address. Now, now it is a good take place.
1: Pirate treasure and take. or a wire um, and take. Bitcoin. I still want to take some Bitcoin? Bitcoin.
0: That's right. Actually, now it's like seven hundred bucks a, a Bitcoin or whatever it's called. But anyway. So the next house and the last house, this is all you get, 2245 Glen Court. It's in Detroit. This is G-L-Y-N-N in Detroit, 48206. Does that address ring a bell to you, sir? It does, You yes. did this inspection a yeah. year ago. This is why, my friends, you follow up. Always have a system for follow-up because this lead was dead a year ago. Uh, actually, it came back to, to with some creative follow-up. Um, called someone else followed up and actually we had he went through our whole follow-up system didn't re- didn't reply back uh, another investor got a call from him or maybe hit his website and um gave me a call to you know work the lead and i noticed i recognized the name and uh told him hey we've got it let's let's see if we can work something out And you don't forget the good ones
1: generally yeah. speaking yeah
0: no and uh we offered um the same price that you did back then so he took it. This is uh, 2245 Glen Corp. It's in Detroit, 48206. Um, it's a five bedroom, two and a half bath, a big 2,400 square foot brick house. Um, it backs up to Boston Edison Historic District. It's not in Boston Edison. This is one of those near Boston Edison deals. But I'm not asking for 60K either. I'm asking for 22,500. Uh this house does need a full rehab it, it needs everything essentially um it's got hot water heat so if you don't dig that you have to do a forced air conversion which I think we estimated like 7 grand yeah it went so, a little
1: high cuz it's a big
0: house yep it is yeah. a very big house beautiful area great you know potential here so uh, one person in particular I'm thinking about who I happen to sit next to at a con-ed meeting. <laughs> John, John. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who, don't know, who maybe. might it be? Might have to, I might have to call him before this airs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that, that this could be a good project for you. It's good price um you know the neighborhood very well it's not boston edison but this could um this could really benefit it literally backs up right up to it so um again 2245 glenn it's g-l-y-n-n-22-5 uh hit me up it's a five bedroom two and a half brick house huge two and a half two uh two car garage detached garage just call me uh actually fuck that don't call me email me yeah. steve at steve com. Text text me. Seven three four two seven two seven zero zero four. For everybody brave who's a risk taker, um if you
1: were ever to roll the dice on the appreciation game, uh this would be one of them. This would be one of them. If you've been paying attention to the Boston Edison area at all, I've been working with some clients too, trying to find them a house for months. Um uh, Obviously, there's no guarantees in life, but this is literally just a few streets off. In fact, it's half a street off. So this is the real deal, man. This is the real deal. You definitely want it. So if you're that risk-taking person who likes the idea of, I would say, the possibility, the high likelihood of capital appreciation. So all you got to do is look and see what prices have done the last two years in and around Boston Edison to put the picture together. Then look at current inventory and realize, holy shit.
0: I need to buy this if it's even available after Steve calls.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's
0: right. So th- this is a great house. Jeremy, thank you. This is, um, this is the type of house that you could buy and really see some some genuine appreciation. This isn't speculation here. This is for real. So 2245 Glenn, hit me up, Steve, at com. And if you're not on that list... 313cashdeals.com. You need to put your email address in so that you can get these notifications. As soon as we lock these properties up, you can be one of the first people that we talk to. So hit me up, Steve at com. It's also why you have a CRM and you take good notes, right? Absolutely. Because Man, so a year ago,
1: you just knew when you looked, you're like, damn I yep. got one yeah now you remembered anyway yeah for sure but it was nice to have the notes
0: I remember well see I only remembered the name the address and that it was uh it was something we we should have got last year um the unfortunate part I have to split with the person that brought yeah. it back to the table but it it wasn't it it wasn't making me any money before no so I, I, made, I made exactly zero dollars from that transaction so I'll be happy to make whatever I can make on this transaction and split it with um, mysterious investor man.
2: <laughs>
0: so, moving on, we missed the deal. Deals are over. You Ship and pirate treasure. All right. Mind. So, what's working and what's not? I want to talk a little bit about marketing this time. I, I, I jump all over the place with these, um, with this section of what you know, what's working in my business and what's not. People like this section. They like it jumps all over. Good. Yeah. Um, there is. There's always something that's, you know, that's working on that has me excited that week, or there's always something that I I wish I could do better, or I wish we were doing better. This week, it's marketing. Um, and they're both digital pay-per-click style marketing, um, type of ads. One of them's working very well. The cost per deal. Uh, or the actual cost, I've uh, my investment to return my ROI is much better. I don't have the percentages, but I'll give you the numbers. So what I'm talking about here are Facebook ads and Google ads. Now, my budgets are very similar. Uh, Around 500 bucks a month is all I'm spending on these two platforms. So a little more on Facebook, uh, a little more on Google in terms of management, because I have someone that manages the ads. But as far as these have both started uh, in. They both were right around March or April that these two campaigns um, began, and I started really tracking them. Facebook, uh, it's it's hard. I have to scroll way up my CRM because it's performing so much better than the Google AdWords one. It's sorted by revenue, so. Um, Facebook has done well. Now this is a little bit, um, actually this goes back to November of last year. And the the way I did my ads last year was slightly different than what we're doing now. The ads last year were just basically boosted posts. Um, I type up a post from my fan page or business page, and then I would boost it to a certain target audience. Sometimes it was just homeowners in this geographical area. Um, I updated that to a more, uh, a lead ad style of ad and have spent a lot more. Most of this has come from, from that. So the total, um, actual cost, and this has not been updated. Actually, this isn't, that's not right. As of this, um, last time it was updated, the actual cost spent was just under 4,000, 39 67 in actual cost for Facebook ads but the return was 33,000. So almost times 10. Then that's right?
1: just as good as direct marketing yep. for the most part, right? Direct mail.
0: Yep, my direct mail numbers are generally around 10x. So yeah. I was very very happy to see that. Now it's going it's to be a good return, less. Less. dude. It's a really good return. Yeah. It's probably closer to 8 I'm still really happy with that for, for what it's, for what it's worth. So the net profit on that is 29,000. That's I'm very happy. That's yeah. Good. Who wouldn't trade $1 for eight?
1: Yep. Right. And obviously there's more expenses and everything else, but sure still,
0: money out versus money in that. Yep. That's a good trade. That's a very, very good trade. Now Google AdWords, on the other hand, I started in March um, and I've done it every month since um, with a $500 budget every month. And I have spent, again, this number is wrong. Um, it says twenty five hundred, but if you add five hundred bucks a month since March, it's actually not always exactly five hundred, but it's pretty close. Four ninety two, it's four sixty eight sometimes. So, between four and five hundred bucks, um, I have made six thousand two hundred eighty three dollars and forty six cents from Google AdWords. That is not so good. Now, the one thing that worries me a little bit as far as tracking goes with Google AdWords, apparently sometimes will lead to a phone call and those calls are trackable through AdWords, but I don't have the skills to do that. My guy does, and he's been able to track some of them down, but I'm only getting a handful of leads. I, I get maybe one to three leads a week. This week I actually got zero leads from Google AdWords. Now so there one. might be some Google AdWords ghost deals that you don't know about. Yeah. And those would be tagged under website, which my website People always say you, you, oh, you don't really need to have a website or a I, don't, I don't have, yeah. I don't, you don't need to spend money on SEO. Now, granted, I did get hooked up. My boy Adrian really did a good job for me with my SEO and he didn't charge me hardly anything to do it. Um, jeez, keep hitting that thing. He did barely charged me anything to do it. Uh, I know his costs are much more now for what he charges people when he, when he handles this stuff, but my website. Okay. It's probably 70 bucks a month for. Um, my on carrot, I think it's 70 bucks a month that I pay for my seller and buyer's websites. So I think it's 49 for the seller's website. And that's what these numbers are based off of. So I spend, you know, 50 bucks a month for the website. And then you figure hosting and your, your WordPress, let's say I'm spending even $150 a month or 200 bucks a month on my website, just my plain website. This isn't the advertising for it. This website, though, since two thousand thirteen, since August, the tracked amount of revenue is one hundred and thirty three thousand dollars through that website. That's a good bit of money. Over three years, that's pretty fucking good. That's like, that's not bad. That's a good return 40 on investment. Grand, Forty grand a year for the from the website. You know, that's a few thousand dollars a month. What off do you just think the website. The website costs you a year. A couple grand, maybe. It's just a few grand. Yeah. yeah. I some mean, hosting costs, a um, hundred bucks a year for WordPress, a hundred, maybe what is it? A hundred and fifty maybe for hosting. It's not quite that, but you know, round up there's two fifty, and then the on carrot. So that's 50 a month or 600. So I'm under a thousand probably. Yeah. Probably under a grand. You got
1: to figure some time for some content too, but yeah, that's sure. That's a good return on investment.
0: But actually with on carrot, with with investor carrot, I didn't write any of the content I didn't provide. it. And now maybe Adrian did use some of the content that was on my old site most of that stuff's pretty, they have a set, like it's plug and play kind of thing. And that's part of the reason it's so popular. Um, so what's working is Facebook's working great. My website's working great. Google AdWords, not so much. So I want to cancel this. I think this is one of the campaigns that's going to get whacked at the first of the year because every year we review our campaigns and we see what's working and what's not working. And the ones that aren't working get, taken out back and strangled. So peace. They uh I think Google AdWords unfortunately is going to be it. But the good news is that's going to free up $800, not just 5. That's going to free up eight hundred dollars in actual money spent every month to focus somewhere else. It's a lot of postcards, man. So I'm thinking it's going to get split between Facebook and postcards. I'm going or to a lot of it. Facebook, yeah. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna bump that Facebook budget up to maybe six um six or seven hundred a month, maybe seven fifty a month, and then the rest, the other you know three fifty or four hundred on on postcards. Which, excuse me, that's only that's maybe eight hundred more postcards, but that is less that's a fresh list every month essentially what i mean by that is there's some sources that you can pull a lead um every month or you can pull your prospects every month so you go and it's not necessarily pulling new absentee owners every month that's not one that i would do every month but maybe vacant houses um probates of course is one that there's new data every month so those i can add one or two new Sources like evictions would be another one. Um, so I can add that other new source to to my arsenal here and into the campaigns and see what's working. So far this year, in fact, let me uh, – I'm going to revise. I guess I can't revise this right on the fly. But looking at my campaigns, still some of the best ones that we've done. The website is number one by far more than double of any other campaign, but it's also the longest running campaign too. It's been, these numbers have been tracked since 2013. So, but the next one, Jeremy Detroit, yellow letter, 2014, 2015. That
1: was good. Yeah.
0: People, if you're not using yellow letters and you're new and you're trying to generate leads, you're fucking retarded. If you don't are not trying to use yellow letters, it's if you do them yourself, it's like, 70 cents a letter yeah it's not that bad so 71 cents for the paper the pen like literally everything that you need to do this we calculated this down to the penny last year i remember or two years ago 70 cents basically for so for less than a buck per lead or per you know prospect you can send a yellow letter your response rate is way more than postcards now granted you have a lot more sellers that are what is this? You know, there's a lot more questions. There's a lot more angry seller calls. I guess. How'd you
1: get my information? Yeah,
0: public records. But if you're new, how are you going to get better? Lots of phone calls. This helped a lot. How do you get better at jujitsu? Do you just all of a sudden you watch all these videos and like the Matrix and suddenly, oh, wait, that doesn't work. We're gonna do jujitsu. You're gonna. I'm gonna learn jujitsu.
1: This explains why I suck yes. at jujitsu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I, trust me. I would be a whole lot better if my ass was on the mat a lot more than it is. I've been doing this 10 plus years and I'm a blue belt. What's wrong with this picture? There's black belts in eight years, you know, much less time than that. But the point is you're going to, you don't get better unless you do the work. You got to do the fucking work. You have to practice um, your craft. What better way to practice than with real live seller leads. Sure, you might fuck some up and you might lose some. You might piss some people off, but hey, how I'm else are you going to learn? Got to crack some eggs, man. That's right. So if you're not doing yellow letters, you absolutely 100% should be if you're new, especially. If you're, if you're trying to get leads and you're not, you're not getting the leads you want. So this next best campaign for me, too, was also yellow letters. And that was an old campaign, actually. That was from a couple years ago but that campaign was only one year long and I spent about $2,500 on it and we made 45,000. That's like, that's great. You can't beat that. That's 20 times. your. that's incredible. And then the next thing was a vacant house list. This one is just over a full year. It's about a year and a half, but just under 40 grand again, 10% 3000 spent 38,000 in revenue from that campaign. So What you you need to be watching your campaigns. This is the time of year for for this kind of reflection and looking and seeing what's what's happening in your business. If you don't know your numbers, um it's like trying to get from, you know, California to Michigan without a map. Yeah. You're just wandering around the desert. No idea. You need two points points. at least. Yep. So you need to understand what your numbers are and knowing what campaigns are working. Where where is your money getting the most bang for the buck? And in the market that we're in now, you definitely need to clean up some of your your campaigns and make sure that you understand you're not just throwing money away. Unless you're big balling and you can just, you know, Conor McGregor that shit. Yeah. <laughs> not Steve. St- Savage Steve does not handle that.
1: Send all some your extra away. pirate treasure to <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Bird. You got a pen?
0: Wait, no, no, no. This is my podcast. Oh, that's at right. Steve right.
1: <laughs> totally
0: send it to Steve. <laughs> Don't. So that's it. Um, what's working is Facebook. What's not is Google AdWords. Now I, I'm, I'm more than likely going to kill my AdWords for now until I can spend five ten grand a month on it because that is when it's the most effective. I think my budget is so small. I was getting good leads for what the budget was, but I'm not converting them either, and that that's a concern because this, I'm spending way more to get those people to call. Um, I don't have the cost per lead. Actually, I might. Well, this is why you track, That's right? That's what you one. know. Yes. And a little bit of this wasn't quite updated. Um shit, I think I passed it again. It's not quite through the full year yet because we still have I don't think we put November's numbers in here and certainly December's numbers aren't in here yet because we're still only on the 22nd. Yeah, it's showing me um four transactions. So, three out of my four deals or maybe maybe more than one deal closed um, it's only showing me six thousand in revenue from four deals, and I know for sure at least one of them died so uh it costs me per deal per contract twelve hundred dollars uh it's fifty bucks per lead, which that's a little higher than um my direct mail um, cost per lead but it's about the same as as Facebook. The problem, the the difference is Facebook leads are are just way better right now. Um, so yeah, four. It says four contracts, um, and again we've got just under just under four grind and and, and revenues. That's just not good. It's not going to cut it. It's about to get choked out. See ya. Peace. So next section we've got um, funny, happy, angry. Can you decide? Can you think which Steve you're going to get today? Uh, is Savage Steve angry. going to come back? <laughs> angry. Jeremy loves Hashtag English Savage Steve. Steve. Oh, so today. Title Company. Didn't I tell you once that you're like the union rep for title companies? Yes. You called me the union rep for title companies. You're pretty once. fucking pissed about that, But, yeah. <laughs> but I was, because I understood, but actually, now I get the frustration too. But well, now so, you're on
1: the other side, which is how yeah. I know I'm frustrated, because when you're pissed, you yeah. should
0: definitely be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so. The whole union rep for, uh, for title company, that was great. Actually, that reminds me. The, what the frustration was, was there was I was explaining the situation from the title company's perspective. I understood it, and it made sense. Today, not so much. Do. Today, no. No, 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 no. So – and there goes my water. Title companies – Fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to service? I mean, when I was an examiner, I went above and beyond to make sure that I got this information that we needed done. If it was able to be found, I was going to find it so that this transaction could close. I didn't work on commission. I didn't make any special extra bonus for getting a deal closed. No, I just kept my job because it meant my company was going to be around another month because they were actually closing deals and doing business. So we have a deal. It's a probate and granted probates are tricky. There's issues, there's things to fix and there's problems. There's always some sort of title problem to, to clear up something old that happened, especially in Detroit, especially in families that pass, you know, the home down from generation to generation. And that's what happened in this case. We are like three generations or three family members down through the chain, and it's not that person. It's that person's wife. All the other people are dead. We have a personal representative on a probate case which has been closed for three years. The The, the personal representative technically can't sign for the estate because that probate case is closed and the powers have been killed. But it's not my title company so I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> they told us what they wanted to fix that's what they're going to do. Technically in my opinion, my expert expert opinion is that we don't even need to go this extra step. So what happened the, the person passed away and it went to their estate. They owned the house as a single individual person. So when that happens the the property in Michigan goes to your estate. I don't know if it's like this everywhere in Michigan this is how it is that person passed away while their estate was happening the person who was uh willed the house or who the the sole heir that person passed away and that person had like seven or eight heirs so i had to go down to the probate office downtown detroit multiple times for this and i f- did dig up the probate files had to order them from a completely different warehouse building which took 2 weeks to come so we're already Well past contract. We're well out of contract. Our buyer is graciously hanging on, very interested in the house. Cool dude. Cool dude. Very understanding. Very good to work with. I really want to do more business with him because it's. he's understanding when things go sideways like this. And he's very calm, cool, and collected all the time. I love working with people like that because I'm the opposite. (laughs) And you get two of us in the same room. It's bad news. So – what happened? I went down and pulled the, fo- the probate file, reviewed everything. Um, my expert opinion was that we had everything we needed. I, I took copies of everything. And essentially what had happened was in the probate file, each one of the heirs signed off granting, um, our, our last known seller, his name is Teddy, T E T T I E. Okay. Teddy. Um, this Teddy person, everybody gave the house to him. And then we have an actual deed that's recorded from Teddy to Teddy and his wife. So, and technically that deed should have been Teddy and his wife to Teddy and his wife, because she had a dower interest that she needed to sign off on. But now we're getting in really nerd core. We're in deep, story, man. So. We're in deep. Pull me out. <laughs> All right. So we, I thought we had everything we needed. I sent it all to the title company, and they came back with, "Well, we'd really like to see the personal representative, Michael, sign a deed." Michael doesn't know this this sale is even happening. He doesn't need to know. And I, I, thankfully, there's not a problem. He 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 was totally fine. I guess when Jeremy talked to him, I was a little concerned. Maybe he was going to be greedy. Or it's always
1: the last person. Something's going to come yeah, up. Yeah, because you're right. Well, why don't you explain Never what know. happens when you all of a sudden you need a deed?
0: Well. A lot of times, anyway. What should have happened in the first place was from square one, in my opinion, the title company should have been taking their happy asses downtown Detroit, ordering these probate files, pulling these probate files, reviewing them, paying for copies, paying for parking, all that shit. Um, that's why they're there. Like, we're, we're paying you to not only show us what... The chain of title is and to ensure it but to assist in clearing it if i didn't have this title experience this deal would have been dead i was going to mention that because i i don't know enough i took their word for it and i couldn't figure the shit out man yeah the lady probably honestly she's she's gone she has since moved out of the state so i mean for god's sakes this house could have just sat empty and got lost to tax foreclosure for for all we know if we didn't get all this resolved because this lady's now gone. I don't know who's watching the house. Well, I think we we've secured it. But I, anything can happen. And if they keep kept delaying and delaying, so they should have been down going down there number one. My opinion is their job is to clear these items. If I didn't have this experience, it would have never happened. There's no way in hell this transaction would have fin- would have completed. And it's still not closed yet. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, especially on this one, but it hasn't, uh, it hasn't closed yet, but it wouldn't even be this far if it wasn't for, for the title knowledge that I have, because I did that job for so long. When I was in that job, especially at a smaller company, which the title company that we're using for this is a small independent agency. Um, They're not big at all. They're growing and they're, they're very investor friendly, but in my opinion, they dropped the ball big time on this. This is this should be part of their service. Um, when I was a title examiner and especially at a smaller company, I had clients that would come in and order title work. Um, you know, they would maybe bribe me to rush it. Like my old sort of mentor, I guess you could, I don't I hesitate to call him that, but he's the one that taught me the the early stages of the business. Um and you know, my job was to get them to close. I mean, my job was to tell them what the issues were that needed to be cleared and then help them clear them. If it's anything I can do. Now, a lot of times that was tracking down old banks and trying to get discharges. Civilians don't understand all the things that you need to do. Normal people don't do this, that business every day. They don't know what the hell um, happens when an old bank goes defunct and goes under. I happen to know what happens. You have, they all go somewhere. The FDIC takes them over. Somebody buys their assets. That company can then sign a discharge for an old asset that should, that was paid and discharged, you know, 20 years ago, but it's just not showing up on title. Now, things were a lot more relaxed in title back when I was there too, in terms of the things they would show on title commitments and the things they wouldn't. Really old mortgages, generally speaking, if they were a few, Warranty deeds back just got ignored and, and written off as um, paid off by some one of the two other title companies where there's a warranty deed. Generally, when a, there's a warranty deed recorded, a title company was involved. They did a search, they insured that transaction. And when needed, we could go to that title company and say, Hey, could you send us your old policy so that we can clear number X, Y, that and Z? That happens a lot. Very, yeah, very, very common. common. Yep and when i was in business it was when i was in that that business it was um the it was part of my job at least i took it that way maybe uh i don't think i trained myself to do that though so but it if things didn't close i wasn't going to have a job if my my company wasn't able to close transactions and continually lost money i'm not going to have a place to go to work they paid me to do a job and I wanted to make sure that I had a place to go. So, um, you know, I just find it concerning and really frustrating as now the customer that the people I pay to do that don't treat it that way. Now, I'm not talking about all of them. I'm actually only talking about a couple in particular here. Um, One of them I don't really use at all. It was a referral partners title company. I have used them in the past. I actually thought about taking all my business to them um, but didn't. I ended up going to a different company. The one I'm at now, legacy title, Uh, shout out. Wendy is I'm happy with, they're doing a good job. We may need to talk about those fees a little bit because they're a little on the high side, Wendy, but um, they're doing a good job. They are doing their best. And I also have someone I'm familiar with. Who's familiar with me, my files, the way my business is, some of my buyers and their quirks. She understands that. And I've got years of experience working with her. So, she that's more of a benefit for me to work with that company. But I'm really frustrated that, um, you know, this other company is like this. It's, it's, it's difficult enough to close deals in 2016 without title companies, cock blocking, trying to get this shit done. Right. So I, I don't know what happened, uh, to service, but when I was there, I made sure I did everything in my power or explained to, The buyer, the seller, whoever it was that needed to get this task completed, what exactly I needed. And I would make sure to tell them in great detail what they needed, what they needed to do. There was a lot of things that I could do and there was a lot of things that I couldn't do um, that a family member could or whoever was involved in this, whatever the issue was, could. So thankfully, it looks like on track for tomorrow to get this deed signed from the personal representative that, in my opinion, shouldn't have to sign anyways and oh, oh, yeah. There's more. I almost forgot, motherfuckers. There's more. So not only do we have to get this deed signed. Oh and yeah. Normally we just bring the deed to closing and they collect the this thirty bucks totally to record. Move, yeah. Oh no, no, no. They they want us to go and record the deed before closing. They won't schedule the closing until the deed's been recorded. What? Has it makes no sense. No. It has nothing to do with any of it. In fact. You would have much more control and power over it if you did record it. Now, granted, I guess you're not scheduling it until it's recorded, but still, why would you not want to take that? And and you and you you're going to collect a recording service fee probably anyway, an extra few bucks for it. Why not do it? Good customer service. <sighs> I'm so frustrated. I, I'm I'm not going to use that title company again. I won't flame them on here because I. I don't, I haven't done enough business with them to know if this is like standard. I'm not going to roast somebody that, but I'm not happy and I won't. They're hot and
1: cold, they're really good or kind of really bad.
0: Yeah. And they've been around a long time and the people involved know investors and know our businesses and know how um, crazy things can be at times and know how fast paced things are. If you're not uh, motivated to close a deal, like if you're not striving to get something closed in the fastest possible manner, something's wrong with you. Either you don't like money, you like disappointment, or I i don't know. I don't get the people that are like, Oh yeah, we'll closing 30 days. Do you know how many things can happen in oh, 30 yeah. days, especially in wholesaling? Number one rule in real estate, the longer it takes to close the deal, the less likely the deal is to close. That is 100% true. Yep. So if you are one of those people that are interested in say 2245 Glenn, or 60-50 North Crown in Westland, you will understand why I'm pushing so hard to get things closed. It's not just so that I can get paid. It's to make sure it actually closes. Make sure you get this deal that you're going to make way more money than I am on it to make sure that you get to get that experience doing another flip or get that experience and that um, security and that cash flow from another rental property in your portfolio. It's not just to get paid. Granted, I like getting paid. I like money. But I like closing deals. It's not just the cash that I like. It's the fact of closing deals and getting stuff done. It's uh it's it feels good. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing shit. So, and I don't I know quite a bit, obviously
1: not nearly as much about title as you, but one of the frustrating things for me personally is and and you should I think you should apply this at your job or your business and I try and do this in my life too and I'm not perfect at it is uh, if there's a problem or something, an error it needs to be fixed, or you can't do something a particular way, I recommend you do two things. Number one, explain why break it down and explain why, why, why the problem why you can't do what it is. So, and so it's understandable because otherwise you're like, why you don't, if you don't understand, it's hard to get to the next part and then yep. tell them how, How can you clear? Because if you understand why, then you're committed to the how. Yep. And when you don't understand why and you're trying to do the how, you end up screwing the how up a lot of times because you don't understand the why. You do it wrong. And that's exactly what would have happened here. Yep. If I I took a few attempts at this thing and I did on the last one that actually died, I just didn't know. Yep. I didn't know why. And they didn't explain it to me. I, or I didn't understand both, probably a combination yeah. of both. I don't have your background, like six years in title, and you know all this shit. It's a very frustrating thing. And to be just told no, I don't know about you. And somebody just says no. I'm like, fuck you.
0: yeah, No. like, Why? Yeah. And how do we fix it? Why can't you do this? And what's it going to take to get it done? That's Joe would call that
1: my high D, and I'm a fucking maniac. But still, come <laughs> on like why and how how hard is this and then we'll go do it right
0: yeah the yeah. the why for me is huge too i'm i'm maybe it's just cuz we're men i don't know but um one of the, that's something that if i don't understand why a thing is being done or not being done um if i do understand why a thing is being done or not being done it makes a, it makes it a lot easier for me to attack the rest of the Absolutely. issue and the rest of the problem yeah. and this is this is good cuz that goes along with uh, the training i 'm doing in a few minutes in, or in an hour here um for my team, and that is um to there 's a reason for everything right and we well we we kind of got into that last week too, but you you do set you do things a certain way, and if the team doesn 't know why you do it they're they 're not going to do it they 're going to do things well, I think I should do it this way yeah, and you they know it' really. Why. They don't get it. So I have to today. I'm going to make sure I explain every step of our of our system and why we do it this way. I kind of touched on that I think last week in my rant, but um, it's fresh again because we just kind of touched on it again. So if you don't understand why uh, you're doing something, a lot of times you don't have the same um, focus, the same understanding of, of of what you're trying to accomplish. And there's if you understand why you you can save a whole lot of time because. Just people are naturally trying to make things better. You know, well, I, I could do it this way. Uh, maybe I could do it that way. That might be better. But trust me, in this case, in my case, we've tried them all and we found what works best. Yeah. So,
1: well, Jocko Willink would say um, the why is the beginning of decentralized command. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to give people tools and you want to explain why and then let them go correct the error or get the deal done or whatever. Yeah. It, when you don't understand why you, you're very likely going to try and fix it, do the wrong thing. And I do it regularly Yeah, or I don't even do it. If I don't understand why a lot of times I just don't even do it. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Why waste my time? Like, do I have no idea. I'm just going to go burn my waste. My, all I get yep. is this place to just get stuck in the mud. You yep. know?
0: <laughs> so this week, um, tip of the week is kind of, there was kind of some tips mixed in there too. We're coming up against the, uh, against the end of the year. And that means you should be reviewing your goals. You should be writing goals for next year. So hashtag goals, hashtag gold digger. Um, I want you to set up some goals. Go ahead and write down goals for, and one of the things that you should do as an action item is go back and listen to the episode that Jeremy and I did last year, episode number 22 um, about goals, setting goals, goal setting. It was really good episode. It was fun to do. Um, I'm actually going to go back and listen to it myself as well. Yep. Because um, it really helped me last year with setting goals. Uh, you, you need to write them down physically on a piece of paper. I used to have an app called Goals on Track. It was pretty cool. It was a nice little thing that did a lot of cool, neat shit. Doesn't really matter. I think the absolute single best thing you can do for your goals is write them down on paper. Even if you only do it once, even if you just write them down, that is A hundred times better than anything else. A friend of mine, Jim, down in in Florida, wrote down last year he wanted to close 18 deals. He never looked at that paper again. Just got out and started working and working and working. And when he got that paper out and was getting ready to review his goals for the year and see how he did, and there was clearly a whole bunch more goals than that, but that was one of the key ones, he was on his way to pick up the check from his 18th deal from that closing. So he's going to beat that. I think he is on number nineteen or twenty. But the point of it is, he wrote it down specifically eighteen. Now that's kind of a weird number. You know, I guess. What's he, wrong with eighteen? He reached it. No, no, just like you know, so it's well, like kind my, my scotch. You know. <laughs> no shh But you know, it's it's um, it's a specific number, and he hit that specific number like. If that's not the universe telling you to write your fucking goals down, I don't I don't know what is. Well, that what's measured is what is improved. How
1: many times have we proven that? When you yep. don't measure or you get behind or you lose track and you oh, have okay. gained five pounds. Oh, yep. I'm down two deals. Oh, I haven't made as many calls as I should. Mm-hmm. It's just easy not to look at it. When you track, you just can't ignore it.
0: Yep. So set up some goals, write them down, and you really should be reviewing them often. I know Jeremy writes his goals down twice a day. Twice a day. Uh, the, that's the extreme version. That's the best thing that you could do. That's the best practice. Not everybody can do that. I'm a so fucking if you maniac. can't, if you're not a <laughs> maniac like Grant Cardone and like Jeremy, yeah. just write them down the first of the year. Review them every couple of weeks, every month. Take a, take a minute to look at it. Cause the other thing is you can set your goal and you can sort of set that mindset in your subconscious, um, for 18 deals. That's what you're going to hit. But if you're looking at those numbers every month and you're like, damn, I haven't closed the deal yet. My goal is 18. So that's just a little over one a month, right? Like one and a half a month. So if it's month three and you've got two closings, you're like, shit, I'm not going to hit 18. I'm behind. I gotta, I gotta step this up or the other side of it, if it's month three and you've got six deals closed already, you can go, man, I'm going to smash that 18. Now, you don't want to set goals that are too high. You don't want to set them too low either. So if you're looking like, man, I'm going to smash that 18, I think I'm going to set that at 22 instead or at 20 instead. It's okay to adjust your goals. And it's okay to adjust them the other way too. Don't be afraid um, to be realistic with yourself. Everybody, like, It's okay to have stretching Re- Stretchingly realistic goals is what one of my mentors always used to say. Um, you want goals that you can realistically meet, but that are—they're not going to be too easy for you to meet. You have to challenge yourself too. So, but the—the the biggest key is to write them down. Write them down on a regular piece of paper. Write down the ten goals for 2017 that you want to accomplish. It can be financial goals, it can be personal goals, health goals, business goals, um, family goals, anything you want. 10 things. I know you can think of 10 things. Write them down. Send them to me if you want me to review them. You can send them, write them up in the Facebook page. Uh, if you want to email them, that's cool. I'll
1: Savage Steve. Hashtag Flip This Podcast. Make sure if you do it, you do it like that. Cause <laughs> there you go. I just want to see the hashtags. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> also, so, something only-
1: I'm going to um, – that Joe's going to have the team implement, Joe Delia, the Delia group. You call. It, I think it's from Kelly Williams, the 15th protocol. This comes in mm. with measuring. So, and when you have goals, and basically you break your yearly goals into monthly goals, your monthly goals into weekly goals, your weekly goals into daily goals. And then you check in halfway through the month on the 15th. And if you're not meeting your goals, you already have a plan in place of things you're going to do on the 15th. So you check in that you're going to do extra above and beyond to make sure you hit your goals. Now, it does sound fanatical, and it is extreme accountability, but it's having a plan. Because sometimes you do all the work you're supposed to do. You call all the calls. You do all the follow-up. You go on the appointment. It's been that way for like three weeks with me, where you make the calls, you do the appointments, you make the offers, and sometimes, despite your best effort, you just don't get it. And you could either accept it, which I think most of us normally do, or you deploy your 15th protocol and say, you know what? I'm going to hit my goals anyway. I got something extra and I'm creating a little room right now in my life so I can do that. So you may want to consider doing likewise, but you can't do it if you don't track and measure. So otherwise we're going to do? sit down the 15th and go, how did I feel about how I did?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, that doesn't make any nope. sense. You can't have a 15th
0: protocol if you don't practice and you don't,
1: right. don't track. So
0: that's all I got. Motherfuckers. Merry Christmas to you merry christmas to you jeremy thank you happy new year everyone um we'll be back next week too we're not taking any breaks no breaks here motherfuckers
1: no (laughs) sorry i was late on this too the plague um i'm gonna think i'm gonna try and get an extra week ahead just in case i hate to do too far ahead or i don't know Thought
0: we were still ahead because we released one last week late yeah but that, that was, was the last on one we
1: we're supposed to release one on okay. tuesday and that's my fault okay i need to I, I need to build in a little bit more cushion for four-day plague you know right it's just I, I hate that you guys are getting this late but at least you're getting it and i apologize so
0: that's right yeah
1: all right folks if you haven't already first go on itunes rate and review it takes a lot of time out of steve's day to do this he could do an do anything else and Quite frankly, this is free. You're listening for free, motherfuckers. All right? so Free? Wait, I thought I was getting paid for this. No. the fuck? You're not. not. You're getting paid in iTunes review. So go to iTunes, rate and review. Also, share the podcast. And if you share it from either the Renegade Detroit Investor page or the Flip This Podcast page, I would appreciate if you did that. Just so I can see you doing it, so I can thank you. And I know Steve does the same thing. Thank you. Thank you. And for I know a bunch of you share it, and we can't see it. And I don't know who is, but every once in a while I catch somebody doing it. Thank you for, for sharing it. We do appreciate it. Um, if you're interested, and you, you know, it's great listening to these deals, and I love getting on and selling them with Steve. I think it's a fun thing to do. But, you know, waiting sucks, man. Go to 313cashdeals.com. Sign up on the email list. Just do it. Then you'll get them immediately. If you're thinking about selling a house or you're interested in other things, Steve, Go to com, And for everything else, Steve, go to Clixo, clyx com forward slash S Londo. And that's all things Steve. So if you're just interested, you can go there, check out. And for everybody listening, I really appreciate the time. I know you can be doing lots of other things. Until the next podcast, see you.